Lots of people are seduced by fame and money and that extravagant, fast-paced lifestyle. And um, and it is fun to a certain degree. It's like any roller coaster ride. I right. mean, it can only take you so far. And then once you reach that point, it's like you're going to always you're going to want something real. You know, my father really, you know, hated my mother mm. and did everything possible to pull me away from her and uh, to brainwash me starting at a very young age. So, so I didn't feel any of the true emotions at a child well, because I was just medicated very early on. You know, what is, what is my purpose and why, you know, am I strong enough to really overcome and look at all the reasons why I was medicating? Getting sober and, you know, um, freeing myself of all the pharmaceuticals and, uh, you know, and all of the alcohol and cigarettes and all of that stuff really, I think, leaves you rock. Yeah, I started to um, remember that kid that used to play in the streets and used to play like handball and, you know, all of these sort of normal activities that I was doing very early on. So when you strip away the eating disorder and the, you know, and all of the, the drugs and the alcohol and the nightclubs and, you know, all the after-hour parties and stuff like that, you're really just left with yourself. Welcome to B-Raw Talk. I'm your host, Sherry Zarnigan, and the founder of B-Raw, where our mission is to inspire others through their individual stories of survivorship and perseverance. Today in our West Hollywood studios, we have Jennifer Saginor. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How Thank are you? Thank you for joining us. I'm great. So, Jennifer, you are in the real estate business, and more importantly, you're the author of Playground, A Childhood Lost Inside the Playboy Mansion, the yes. book right there. Yes. Amazing. So thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Um, so Jennifer, at B-Raw, our philosophy is that everyone in life goes through either a challenge, major challenge, or series of challenges, mm -hmm. more often than not, that make them raw, mm -hmm. makes them resilient, it makes them authentic about who they are, and then hopefully they're willing to be able to move on from that challenge, mm -hmm. embrace it, honor it, but also move forward from it. Sure. So, I wanted to ask you today, if you were to pick one challenge from your life that really you feel stripped you to the core, but then allowed you to kind of rebuild yourself to become raw, as in resilient and authentic and willing, what would that be? Mm, I think that getting sober and, you know, um, freeing myself of all the pharmaceuticals and, uh, you know, and all of the alcohol and cigarettes and all of that stuff and all the bad food and just really changing my lifestyle mm -hmm. um, really, I think, leaves you raw because you have to change everything. Right. And um, or then you're faced with your demons and have to really look at how you're going to incorporate a new way of living and a new lifestyle. Right. So I think it's the decision that I made to change my lifestyle from so, that fast-paced, fun, party-party lifestyle to taking care of myself and eating healthier and... And getting sober and, getting and clean. Sober. Right. And so not, you chose... So this raw kind of point came to you when you were 38? Oh, you're cute. That's sweet. You're cute. <laughs> um, I went into rehab at 41. At 41? Yeah, it was brutal. Okay. I don't recommend it. Which part of it? Um, getting sober that late in life. Not fun. 
Yeah, I'm sure it was really hard because yeah, you started so. early, and we'll get into super early that later. But you did start at 11, right? Which is, I mean, just crazy. Yeah, just it's a long thought. run. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you're living this fast-paced lifestyle, running poker games, still drinking the drugs. <laughs> everything is happening, and suddenly at 40, you decide that you're gonna clean up and stop stop that lifestyle. So that bears a question: What was it? that really made you click? Because you had the opportunity in DC, but you didn't take that. That didn't like occur sure. to you. Well, I was early 20s. Right. And that's just... You weren't ready. I, yeah. So what was it at 41? Um, well, I had a very hard time getting off Xanax. I mean, I was so skilled at uh, you know self-medicating, having grown up with a doctor and having been medicated since I was 11. I was very... Um, you know, educated in, in the way of mixing and, you know, the whole like Adderall and Ritalin mixed with Xanax and, you know, that whole, um, I'm, a, I'm a chemist. I don't know if I told you that, but I'm also a chemist. Right. And so. <laughs> Just by way of like right. experience, exactly. you're a chemist. Right. right. So, you know, that was, um, I, I found that it was difficult for me to wean off the Xanax on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, I was just getting really sick and. I just, I couldn't get off of it. And so um, I had reached out to my mother who helped me go into medical detox for Xanax specifically. Okay. And so, then from there began the journey, which I just thought I was getting off Xanax at that moment. Right. I wasn't planning to change at all, let alone my lifestyle. And what was it that made you want to change? What was... Were you trying to please someone? Were you trying to gain something? Um, I mean, I guess I was, you know, um, I was being led by my mother and stepfather who were very supportive of me getting sober and getting off the pharmaceuticals and leading me in a more positive direction. Um, and who, who, you know, wanted to see me build myself from the inside out and right. to learn all those things that... I had never really learned early on how to take care of myself, how to feel good about myself, self-esteem. So you were basically redoing your redoing your early childhood, yeah, right. your childhood and youth, right, in your forties. In my forties, it was brutal. It was definitely. And so, what kept you motivated? to go through that journey. I was still reaching to reconnect with my mother and to rebuild that relationship. You know, even at 41, we want our mom. Mm-hmm. You know, we want, you know, you kind of reverted back to that little girl who wanted her mom's love. Exactly. Um, and you finally took it. So I guess the answer to the question is really your mom's love, the need for your mom's and approval. Know, and approval. And approval. Right? So. And connection. And connection. And that, and that sure. relationship. That, and the relationship. That more yeah. traditional mother-daughter relationship is what really was your turning point right. to making you rebuild yourself mm-hmm. and become more resilient. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I'm not, you know, sure if people could understand, but you were basically medicated for 41 years. Well, right. not 41, but since you were 11, so you were numb. Sure. Um, for so many years mm-hmm. that you, you know. Yeah, it was a big shock. Yeah, that's a lot, that's <laughs> a lot. So you finally mm-hmm. became, I think you finally got to know Jennifer at 40, you know, starting at 41, because you weren't really authentic about who you were, you weren't really present. Right, yeah, I started to um, remember that kid that used to play in the streets and used to play like handball and 
you know, all of these sort of normal activities that I was doing very early on. So when you strip away the eating disorder and the, you know, and all of the, the drugs and the alcohol and the nightclubs and, you know, all the after hour parties and stuff like that, you're really just left with yourself. Right. And, you know, figuring out how to rebuild your life, how to incorporate some sort of higher meaning into your life, life purpose, you know, what are you here for? Why should I stop killing myself? You know, why do I have the desire to live? So you were an 11-year-old child being exposed to the universe of the Playboy Mansion where there's drugs and alcohol kind of at your dispense and no one telling you to stop, I'm assuming. Right. No one really got in your way. No, never. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, I didn't even know it was wrong. I didn't even know people didn't do that because all around me there was people, I mean, if you're around people who are high, right. then... That was your norm. Right. That was definitely the norm. I had no idea that people were even sober. Wow. Yeah. So that was just nothing I'd ever... I was so you were in that kind of universe of fame, money, drugs, sex, alcohol, from a very young age. I mean, your story late is pretty... Nights. <laughs> late nights. Fun, party, you know, music, Going parties, to clubs. Did you clubs. go to clubs? Yeah, I started going to clubs very young, 14. 14. Mm -hmm. So your party. It was like normal rules definitely did not exist. Wow. So it was, you know, it was fun running this town in the 80s. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're, you know, again, you're living every mm -hmm. adult's fantasy of being in that kind of universe, mm -hmm. you know, running with the people you were running with, I'm sure. If you're with the mansion crowd, then it was it was fun fun really fun it was definitely i mean i had no idea that it would hurt me at some point whether it be physical spiritual well it's in all any you way knew. yeah it's all i knew so which i'm sure is what kind of later made you write the book about you know being a child inside the mansion and it makes so much sense that here you are now at 41 really having to learn how to be a child cuz in all honesty, you didn't really have much of a childhood mm -hmm. um, growing up so fast in such an unusual circumstance. Exactly. So, so I didn't feel any of the true emotions at a child, well, because I was just medicated very early on. Um, and I know another kind of, you know, interesting part of your story is that from, as a result of maybe, the parting and the lifestyle that you ended up in, mm -hmm. you lost that really important connection with your mom. True. And I and I can't imagine that as a mom not having that connection. Um, but it's amazing to me that that need for that connection is really what ended up saving you all these years later. Which it's is true. Kind of amazing. It's true. I mean, not to be just super Freudian, but <laughs> you know, my father really you know, hated my mother and did everything possible to pull me away from her and uh, to brainwash me starting at a very young age. Um, you know, he used to wake me up in the middle of the night and bring me downstairs and have ice cream and like talk negatively, so negatively about my mom for hours. And I just, you know, remember him always like, you know, trying to pull me away mm -hmm. from her. and. You know, his lifestyle was very, he was seductive, his lifestyle was seductive, um, going against him, 
was something I was very scared to do. He was, you know, very, he had a horrible temper. And um, so definitely I sort of, and as the teenage years went on, I mean, it was exciting to hang out with my father and his lifestyle. And I definitely feel like I was seduced by it 100%. And that connection that was fizzling with my mother and I, you know, because my father w was trying to pull us apart and, and did successfully pull us apart. And, mm. you know, the courts ended up separating my sister and I, and my sister went with my mother and I went with my father. Mm. And, you know, up at the mansion, a new form of a mommy appeared, you know? So that's sort of, yeah. Because as an 11-year-old child, whether your father brainwashed you or not, whatever, you know, that circumstance, mm -hmm. you want a mother figure. You need mm -hmm. a mother figure to survive. So I'm sure you probably gave that role to someone else somewhere mm -hmm. for you to be able to have that presence in your life. Yeah, I mean, definitely feel like I was searching for that affection and love. And um, I definitely, that's sort of what the story was about, is searching for this mother's love in this environment where it was the exchange of, you know, sex for love, of course, you know. Right. And so that exchange was, um, you know, it reminded me sort of like Romeo and Juliet. Like you really, you know, it's like the, it became like this um, exciting situation where I was, you know, constantly trying to sneak around so that I could receive this love and affection. I mean, I have to tell you, you know, I read your book in a day because it was just so, I mean, it completely took me in and especially being a mom and, you know, reading what you went through and those experiences, I don't think you give yourself enough credit sitting here today for everything that you've gone through. I mean, as a child, you almost weren't given a shot. You know, you were, it was a complete storm and like almost like a, perfect storm, you know, a teenager inside a Disneyland, mm -hmm. so to speak, you know, sure. I mean, it, it, it's just insanity and, um, and to be able to come out of it now, you know, successful real estate agent, you've written a book, you're working on the screenplay for the book, you're doing these amazing things that even those without the trauma would never be able to accomplish and you have. And I think you're, you know, you're such a great role model for so many young women and just people who, you know, go through circumstances. And again, that's what Be Raw is about, right? So it's about right. going through these challenges. Yours is a exaggerated version of what, you know, a lot of people go through. Sure. But it, it just, it's amazing. And lots of people are seduced by fame and money and that extravagant fast-paced lifestyle and um, and it is fun to a certain degree it's like any roller coaster ride I right. mean it can only take you so far and then once you reach that point it's like you're gonna always you're gonna want something real so if I were to ask you Jennifer what word you would pick from the be raw acronym from raw whether it's resilient authentic or willing to best describe you what would you pick? I would say that for today, I'm willing to, to be, you know, to try to be different, to work on myself, to, to change. I'm willing to change and move in that direction and open to it. I'm open to growing. Right. Which is so important. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And you really are an, the epitome of what it means to be raw. And you are part of the family. Um, you're gracing one of our newest designs, which I love on you. So thank you. That's, I know I love all your designs. Thank you. And we wanted to also share with you our sweatshirt. Thanks. And you are officially part of the Be Raw family, Jennifer. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks and for having me. Of course, and thank you for sharing your story. Um, we're excited to see Playground become a movie in our local theater sometime I'm soon. I'm very excited too. I'm currently shopping the movie script in case you know anyone. There you go. <laughs> always, always a good plug. And for, until in the meantime, everyone should pick up a copy of the book because it really is just a great read. A great, Thanks, great Shane. read. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.